what's up everybody and welcome to 10WT Friday where every single week we teach you how to form the healthy habits that will transform your body and your life. In order to transform, you have to start with your why. Then you set your goals, identify your weekly behaviors that will get you to your goals, track your progress on a scoreboard and set micro habits each week that set you up for success. If you do these steps, your habits will be rock solid, your self-confidence will grow and you'll be on the path to your best you. Every single week, we help health-conscious people like yourself optimize their potential. I'm your host, Nick Carrier, and today I'm really excited to talk about the six rules to eating healthy, part one. Today, I'm going to be talking about the first three of the six rules, and then next Friday, I'll be breaking down the next three rules. So the first three, actually, before I even dive into it, I want to refresh you guys as to why I'm talking about these six rules and how I came up with the six rules. So those of you guys who have been following me closely over this past year or so, or maybe even the last few months, know that at the beginning of 2022, I set this nutrition education and nutrition expertise goal for myself, where I identified nine different books that I wanted to read throughout the first three months, and at least one podcast to listen to every single week to further my nutrition education and expertise. And that's exactly what I did. And it's extended past the three months as well. And I've continually done research and education literally every single day of 2022. There probably has not been one day throughout these first six months where I haven't absorbed some sort of nutrition education. And I've absolutely loved it. I feel so much more competent and so much more equipped to be able to provide value for you guys when it comes to nutrition side of things. And so through those nine different books, through those 13 podcasts, through the countless articles, through the countless hours of research and YouTube videos that I've watched, I've compared and contrasted varying people's opinions. And I have put their opinions against science that I've researched. And that's led me to coming up with the six rules to eating healthy. And I have a very special ebook for you guys that's free. You can go to my website and download right now. Just go to www.nickcarrier.com and you can get this in PDF ebook form, six rules to eating healthy. But today I want to talk about it straight up with you guys. And I'll give you a quick overview and then I'll break down rule by rule. The first rule is about eating the right carbs and specifically eating adequate amounts of fiber. Rule number two is eating the right carbs, but specifically making sure that you manage your glucose in your insulin levels. And rule number three is eating high quality fats, specifically optimizing your omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. So rule number one, eat the right carbs, eat adequate amount of fiber. As I go through this, I'm going to kind of follow along the same framework that I have laid out in my ebook. And it starts off by talking about what is fiber or what is the thing that I'm talking about? Why is it important? What else to potentially know? And then actually what you should be eating and what you should not be eating. So I can get you kind of the education and then the practical advice as to how to use the education that I provide moving forward. So rule one, eat the right carbs, eat adequate amounts of fiber. What is fiber? Fiber is simply a type of carbohydrate that the body is unable to break down into glucose. And there's really a few different reasons why fiber is one of the most critical things. And this is one of these things where it's, this this is not debatable. This is not something that most people will argue about, no matter what their opinion on nutrition is. Most people realize that fiber is critical for these specific reasons. One, it's really important for maintaining a healthy well-functioning liver. Your liver is one of the organs in your body that is responsible for so many different things. And it's very, the health of your liver is predictive of your overall health. If you have a good, healthy liver, then 
the overall functioning of your body is going to be at a very high level and vice versa. If your liver is not well functioning, then you're going to have a lot of, a lot of issues. Second huge thing about fiber and why it's critical is maintaining a healthy gut microbiome. You see, there's a bunch of bacteria in your gut and some of those bacteria are good. Some of those are bad. When you have fiber, it feeds the healthy gut bacteria. And one of the problems is if we don't get adequate amounts of fiber, then the gut doesn't have anything to feed on because because you cannot digest fiber yourself and break it down into glucose, it sits in the gut and therefore the healthy bacteria, the good bacteria feed on it. But let's say you don't have adequate fiber and so there's not something sitting in your gut for the bacteria to feed on, then it feeds on the lining of your gut, leading to a very common thing nowadays, which is called leaky gut. And it's literally like poking holes in your gut, leading to when you eat things, the substance of whatever it is that you eat can go into your bloodstream. And so if you're not eating things that are good for you, then this leads to sensitivities. This leads to things like skin breakouts, things like skin, hair, and nail issues. And so we want to make sure we have a really strong, healthy gut microbiome by making sure that we provide our good bacteria in our gut with a proper amounts of fiber. Again, because if it doesn't, it leads to inflammation, sensitivities, and other issues. And the other thing, reason why fiber is so important is because it helps to manage your insulin levels. Because if you eat fiber alongside carbohydrates and sugars, then those sugars and carbohydrates are not going to provide as severe of a glucose and insulin spike in your body. And when you have severe glucose and insulin spikes, well, actually, we'll get more about that because that's going to be part two, but there's other issues with that as well. Second thing that's really important to know about fiber is that you guys have probably heard these terms before, prebiotics and probiotics. And what those are, prebiotics are simply types of fiber that feed healthy bacteria in your gut. And there's a whole bunch of food sources that I'm going to get into here in a second. And then probiotics are the actual healthy bacteria that are found in certain foods and supplements that will sit in your gut. So again, your gut microbiome has good bacteria and bad bacteria. When you eat prebiotics, you're feeding the good bacteria to make that gut lining strong. And then probiotics are literally just putting in more good bacteria into your gut, making your your gut nice and strong and healthy. All right, let's get into the practicality of it. What to eat and what not to eat. What to eat, vegetables are going to be one of the top things that you can eat from a fiber point of view. There's a lot of different benefits of vegetables, right? But fiber is one of the top things. And cruciferous vegetables in particular, and you can even Google that term, but I'm going to name out a lot right now, but cruciferous vegetables in particular are really great sources of fiber. So things like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, cabbage, arugula, spinach, kale, radishes, onions, garlic. There's a lot of different things that are really great sources of fiber vegetable-wise. Another great source of fiber is fruits, especially with the stringy and the skin aspect of fruits. So things like avocados, olives, apples, bananas, plantains, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. Another great source of fiber is beans and legumes. Now, a lot of people will talk about beans and legumes at the top when it comes to fiber, but oftentimes beans can give people some gut issues if they don't have a strong gut in the first place. And so two things, if you don't have a strong gut or maybe you're a little bit insulin resistant, then one, a lack of a strong gut when you eat beans can sometimes lead to stomach pain. And then if you're insulin resistant, meaning 
your cells don't respond well to insulin, you're going to have more of a dramatic spike with your glucose and insulin levels when eating something like beans and legumes. So if you're insulin resistant and you don't have a strong gut, then beans and legumes might provide you with problems. But if you're insulin sensitive and you have a strong gut already, then they probably won't provide you with problems. So things like black beans, garbanzo beans, soybeans or edamame and lentils are great sources of fiber there. Grains are another great source of fiber, but kind of same reason as before. If you're insulin resistant, then grains have the ability to spike your glucose and insulin levels a little bit more severely. And then also you want to get grains that are a little bit more slow digesting so that they don't have a high glucose and insulin spike. But some of those great grains are quinoa, brown rice, oats, especially steel cut oats and different organic rices. And then lastly, nuts are a great source of fiber. However, once again, like beans and legumes, they can provide people with sensitivities and issues. And so if you're one of those people that eating nuts, you're allergic or your stomach doesn't respond well to them, then you either ease yourself into it or avoid it for now. Um, But things that are great from a fiber standpoint, from a nut standpoint is almonds, pecans, and walnuts. And generally speaking, you should aim for about 30 to 50 grams of fiber per day. Mostly in my opinion, from the vegetable section, you want to eliminate processed foods that destroy your gut. You want to eliminate highly refined and processed oils. And then lastly, what a lot of people don't realize is ibuprofen and pain relievers and just different medications in general destroy the good bacteria in your gut. And so that is what's causing a lot of leaky gut issues out in our society today. All right. Rule number one was long. The other two are going to be a little bit quicker. Rule number two, eat the right carbs, but managing your glucose and insulin levels. So quick overview. What is glucose? When you eat carbohydrates, your body breaks them down into glucose to be used for energy. So that's glucose. What is insulin? When your body senses more glucose in its system, the pancreas is signaled to produce insulin. And insulin is the hormone that helps to transport glucose from the bloodstream inside of the cell to be used by the mitochondria for energy. So why is it important to manage your glucose and insulin levels? Well, if you eat excess carbohydrates and high levels of sugars, then you're going to have high blood glucose levels. And then your energy levels are going to vary more dramatically throughout the day. When you have high glucose and insulin spikes, you send your body through an energy wave, right? You know, you all know a lot of times when kids can have the sugar rush and then they crash, same sort of thing. Also, when we have excess blood glucose levels, it can lead to fat storage because if you have a lot of carbohydrates and your body breaks them down into glucose and you don't actually do anything that you need energy for, then that excess glucose is going to be stored as fat. And again, things, it leads to insulin resistance and it leads to inflammation inside of the body. So what to eat to help manage your glucose and insulin levels. When it comes to eating fruit, you want to choose fruit on the low side of the glycemic load scale. Glycemic index and glycemic loads are essentially two different scales and indexes that will tell you how much that food traditionally affects somebody's blood glucose levels. However, everybody's body is a little bit differently. Some people will eat an apple and have their blood glucose levels spike a lot higher than somebody else. Traditionally, apples are a little bit lower on the glycemic load scale, but everybody's body responds to different foods differently. But so when you're choosing fruit, choose on a low glycemic load scale, like blueberries, apples, pears, oranges, peaches, strawberries. Another thing to make sure that you do is Let most of your carbs, about half of your plate, come from the vegetables list, not from starches or or grains because those are more likely to spike your glucose and insulin levels more so than things like vegetables. 
Now, when you are eating starches, though, you want to eat starches that digest more slowly. So things like lentils, black beans, brown rice instead of white rice, quinoa, steel-cut oats. And another thing to help manage your glucose and insulin levels is to eat foods that are high in the following micronutrients. Magnesium, so foods like leafy greens and vegetables and nuts and seeds. Chromium, so like green beans, broccoli, nuts, and egg yolks. Cysteine, which is like grass-fed meat, pasture-raised eggs peppers, garlic, and broccoli. And then lastly, to help manage your blood glucose and insulin levels is you don't want to eat carbs by themselves. When you eat carbs and sugar by itself, then your body doesn't have anything to block the absorption of them. But studies show that if you eat proteins and fats and fiber, when you're eating traditional high sugar, high carbohydrate items, then you're going to have a less traumatic increase in your blood glucose levels and in your insulin levels. All right, last thing, eat high quality fats. Rule number three, eat high quality fats, meaning you want to optimize your omega-6 and omega-3 ratio. So what are omega-6 fats and omega-3 fats? Both of them are essential fatty acids, meaning that your body can't make them by itself and it has to be consumed by your diet. Now, omega-6 fats are more pro-inflammatory while omega-3 fats are more anti-inflammatory. The numbers three and six simply just correspond to where the double bond occurs in the actual makeup of the fat. One of the things that is really common in the diet right now, the standard American diet is omega-6s are much higher than the omega-3s. A high omega-6 to omega-3 ratio can go from six to one to 10 to one or even higher, but we ideally want four to one or three to one. And so when you think about getting the proper omega-3s in, the importance of it is because it helps to form healthy cell membranes It helps produce serotonin, which is our happiness hormone in our brain. It helps to form brain neural connections because most of your brain is fat. And so you need good omega-3s to help form those brain neural connections. They reduce general levels of inflammation. They help prevent plaque buildup and they help positive pregnancy outcomes as well. All right, lastly, practicality, what to eat to optimize your omega-6 to omega-3 fat ratio. Fatty fish is really great. Mackerel wild-caught salmon, cod liver oil. I actually just bought Alaskan cod liver oil from On Target Living for the first time, and I've only had it a couple times, but it's something that I'm gonna implement into my daily routine when I don't have salmon because salmon, wild-caught salmon in particular, is the thing that I definitely have at least one time a week to ensure that I'm helping my omega-3, omega-6 ratio. Other things to eat are flax seeds, chia seeds, and walnuts. Now, walnuts are high in omega-3s, but they're also high in omega-6s, so you don't want to have too terribly much of them. And then responsibly raised animal products like grass-fed beef, pasture-raised chicken and eggs are higher in omega-3 than the grain-fed beef and regularly caged raised chickens. They're not super, super high in omega-3s, but their grass-fed beef is not super, super high, but it's higher than than grain-fed. So it helps that ratio from the sense that it's not omega-6s. All right. Those are the first three rules to eating healthy. Stay tuned next week for the next three rules. I know that was a lot of education and information stuffed into one episode. If you didn't take notes, maybe sit down, take some notes on it. But you don't even have to take notes now that I think about it because I have this laid out in an ebook, laid out in a PDF right on my website that you can go and download right now. Go to www.nickcarrier.com to download the six rules to eating healthy for free. Again, nickcarrier.com to download the six rules to eating healthy 
for free. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you're interested in doing the 10-week transformation so you can further apply and I can help you specifically guide you with these rules and applying these rules, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT to get started today. Whether you're in Nashville or you're somewhere else, we can get started with the 10WT today. I will ship you a workbook. I'll ship you your 10 weeks worth of workouts. We'll hop on a weekly call to help hold you accountable. I'll ship you your scoreboard and we'll be off in running. Go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT if you're looking to transform your body and your life today. I hope you enjoyed these first three rules to eating healthy. I hope you can start applying them to get closer to your health and fitness goals and ultimately get closer and closer to your best you.